0: All right, guys, this is probably going to be a super short episode. I have, like, nothing to talk about, nothing to analyze. And that's a shame, because I would be the kind of person, like, if I was an executive producer at the time in charge of this, trying to push this, I would actually, like, promote this episode. I would say, yes, that, that's awesome, do more of that. I say that even saying it's a very kind of... I would say this is an average Babylon 5 episode. You know, if we were to do the 1 to 10, or I should say negative 10 to 10 scale... This would pretty much be around a zero. Uh, Well, okay, that's actually not getting across my point. But the point is, it's very average. The fighting plot is there. And it's passable. And the fight scene was actually pretty good. And there was a decent undercurrent under it. But it was very 80s. And I don't actually have a lot else to talk about it. And then the Ivanova plot was amazing. And heart-rending. And... I don't have much else to say about that either, but let me go ahead and get into this. So, <clears throat> one of the things I, would, I do want to say, uh, and you might be like, well, why would I support this then? You know, if this is just an average episode. Because there's no B-plot in this episode. There's no, the ship is in danger plot. There's no, oh my god, everything uh, is, is doomed. There's no threat of the week in this episode It is all a character episode. This is literally nothing but Ivanova's story arc and Walker's story arc. Garibaldi is actually kind of a guest star in Walker's story arc over there. And on the one hand, you know, like I said, that's that's kind of a risky thing to do. You risk losing your audience. But on the other hand, this is the kind of thing I eat up like candy. I love character stuff. I am such a huge character-focused person. I, I love it. I gobble it up. So I admit I am biased in favor of this episode because it's such a character-centric episode. Now, I do have some complaints, so let's just go over these. First of all, I started. I did a bit of an experiment. I advise you to do the same if you want to. The gentleman who played Walker Smith... And Garibaldi had no chemistry on screen, in my opinion. Uh, They didn't gel well together at all. And that struck me as odd, because the dialogue between the two was great. The dialogue was very buddy-buddy, good friends, going back away is kind of a thing. And the dialogue worked. So if you divorce yourself from it, just listen to the dialogue and what they're saying and like try to imagine it said differently, it works great. But the two actors just didn't have anything going between them. And I think that kind of hurts the episode a bit because you're supposed to feel this great friendship between the two, but I've always felt stronger friendship between Sinclair and Garibaldi than these two. In fact, to be blunt, I think Ivanova and the gentleman playing... I wrote down his name... Uh, hang on, hang on. Koslov actually did, uh, had better chemistry and better interactions, uh, with each other between each other than these supposed people who go back, you know, years and years together. So it's just a bit of a shame. Um, I, uh, I also, uh, let me think. I'm looking at my notes I really don't have much to say. Uh, I do like one thing. So I mentioned the undercurrent. I guess I'll just talk about this. This is going to be like a 10-minute episode. I mentioned the undercurrent of the fight plot. And that thing is, the big point was that the Wutai, or the Yutai, I forget how they pronounce it, um, is really, really important to these people. It's not just a fight. You know, it's not a blood sport or whatever. It is a part of their culture. It has some significance to them, culturally, socially, etc. So it matters to them and they look at Walker, and they say, well, you, you just want to walk in and have a fight. You have no respect, you have no bravery, you don't honor our traditions, go away. And we see that in the jackass who tries to actually sabotage the fight, and we see that in the, in the, the I can't remember what he calls him, the dojo master, basically, who says, no, I'm not even going to let you fight in it. Um, the thing I find interesting about that, too, is that Garibaldi says the same thing, you're just treating it like another cage match. Uh, That's not the exact thing he said. But, you know, in in other words, it doesn't matter to him. It's just another fight. But it isn't. And Walker himself says that. This is not just another fight. This matters to him. It has significance to him. And I love that because it's so quiet. I bet most people looking at it wouldn't even catch it. The point, because the fight plot is so 80s. Like everything about it is almost formulaic '80s to the point where it's it's ridiculous. You know, it's straight out of the Karate Kid. We fight, and then we do this, and then oh, you're gonna win, and oh, and we've earned each other's respect. Now that we've beaten the crap out of you know. All of it, it's just formulaic, but the undercurrent there, the thing that is more Babylon Five about it, is that these two groups of people, Walker and the and the the Wutai people. Um, I, can't, I shouldn't call them Wutai because I'm thinking of FF7 now. The Wutai people, uh... These two sides both feel that this is a form of expression, a form of art, a form of something that really showcases who you are and what you are and is relevant. Again, it matters to them. But they both express it completely differently. And it takes them actually forcing the situation, beating the crap out of each other and sitting at it in order to figure out that they have that mutual respect for the craft, for the fight itself, for the art of it. Um, And that is very B5. People who are totally different yet have the same... Concept in mind, the same respect, the same ideals, and therefore growing to respect each other. And that was awesome. That part of it was great. I thought that was really well done. And that's all I've got to say about the fighting plot, uh, except for one other thing, but I'm going to save that for last. Um, now, the Ivanova plot, unfortunately, which I, even though I consider the Ivanova plot way, 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 way better, I don't have much to say about it. You know, it's a very concrete, solid character piece. It's all about Ivanova coming to Crips with what happened previously. And I feel like pointing out, again, the benefits of continuity. We saw her literally violating protocol and rules in order to be able to contact Earth, in order to be able to talk to her father as he died. So obviously it was relevant to her. Obviously she did care about him despite whatever she might say and his final words to her which are repeated in this episode admittedly I kind of wish they hadn't been repeated but whatever his final words to her really showcased the fact that whatever happened in the past these were two people who loved each other and they needed to acknowledge that in order to be able to do anything with themselves him to die and her to move on and that scene, there's so many heartrending scenes. I found myself tearing up at several times because the performance of the woman who plays the I can't remember her name right now, uh, is, is brilliant. And the, and the gentleman who plays Yoslov is, is fantastic. Kozlov, excuse me, Kozlov is fantastic. There's this amazing scene. Okay, so, so he goes over her head to Sinclair and is like, you know, da, 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 da. but he never does it irritatingly. In Hollywood especially, and this is true in television at well, it's very common to portray a religious figure as a source of, shall we say, uh, mockery or comedy. And so, you know, him going over her head on paper could have been something terrible. Like, oh, she is not following the traditions and she must be punished and, you know, whatever. And it is not good and you're blah, 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 blah. But as we see in the episode, that's not true. He approaches Sinclair simply and earnestly. He's just concerned about her. And he says that flat out. I mean, yeah, he he jokingly says, it is my job to meddle. But when he actually comes down to it, he clearly is doing all of this because he cares about her. Because he is worried about her. And in the end, it is revealed clearly, this isn't even about the religious side of things at all. That's not even the point. He is concerned about his niece, whether that's a parental or a literal relationship or not. He is concerned about someone who he cares about, who is hurting. That's what it's about. Babylon 5 does this very well. I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention this again. They, they tend to treat uh, religious figures, at least especially from Earth, uh, with a degree of respect rather than a source of mockery or a source of humor, especially crude humor. Um, and I like that. I like that portrayal. But what really, really sold it for me, what really nailed it down, was when they're at the restaurant, and he is, as an idle conversation, mentioning that, yes, I got you the time off. So in his, in his eyes, it's like, I have removed the problem for you, so now we can help, now we can do this. And in her eyes, he is interfering with her life and going over her head and making what he thinks is better without you know, consulting her. Both of them are actually right, as usual, And she is so hurt by that, she literally gets up and runs off. But the part that kills me is his reaction. The gentleman who played this one scene deserves a damn medal for this one scene. Because he stands up and he says, please, I didn't. And he doesn't even finish the word didn't. He can't. He literally chokes it off into tears. Please, I didn't. And, and and it's just I'm doing it badly cuz I'm not in the zone right now but you get my point listen to that one scene it was just oh you could feel his heart just snap a little bit when that happens as he realizes how much he's hurt her and and again he hurt her out of caring he didn't want to hurt her he didn't want to make the situation worse he just thought he was helping and then of course the scene with the actual uh, uh when they actually said Shiva and uh and they actually you know do all that that involves Uh, It was brilliant, and uh, the fact that Sinclair offered to join her, and the fact that all those other Jews on the station joined her, it was nice, I liked that. But I don't have much to share other than those notes. Uh, I do have one quote here which I want to just share. Humanity has no business in space until there's peace on earth. Uh, I like that quote. Because um, it's similar to some things that we here in real life have some people, some scientists, some philosophers think that we need to settle things here before we can go into space. And there is a thread of thought uh, about, I believe, the Fermi Paradox. I may be using the right wrong, wrong word. In short, the Fermi Paradox, if I'm using the right term, is there is overwhelming evidence for the possibility of aliens and yet overwhelming lack of evidence for the reality of aliens, right? So it it doesn't line up. One of the most common solutions to that is there are aliens and they are actively avoiding us because we haven't earned the right to enter a galactic community yet. Um, I'm not going to give my thoughts on that right now. That's not relevant. I just think it's interesting that that thought is given here. And it, again, does a little bit of setting building for Babylon 5, showcasing that things on Earth are not good at all and will get worse. Last note I want to mention here. I actually have a spoiler section, would you believe it? On this episode, there's not really a lot of plot or arc relevance, so I look at this, and I always, as always, I try to rip significance out of things. But I've always said that there's a clear line between me making something up and me reading into something, right? And as I was trying to rip significance out of this, I kind of realized that I was doing the former, that I was making stuff up. So I reset myself, you know, hit the reset button, sat back, looked at it again, came at it from a new angle. I was trying to find a common thread between the two plots of this episode. And while I could make up one, I don't think there is one there. It felt like I was engineering one rather than reading into one that is there. But I did actually, when I reanalyzed it, find a common thread between the two plots. And that thread is... characters. The common thread between the two is, this is a character episode. And therefore, here is a character who is developing and working, and here's a character who's developing and and working. That's it. I actually like that a lot because it ties into what I said earlier. Most shows, especially at the time, would instead do this across two episodes. And so the first episode would be a Vanneva plot in the background, threat to the station in the foreground, or vice versa. Then the next episode would be threat to the station and the fight with Walker. Therefore, mixing things up to keep the audience engaged with, you know, the big doom of the week, you know, threat of the week situation. But as I've spoken against the threat of the week concept constantly, it's not necessary. So in this case, rather than mixing it up like that, we just have a character plot and a character plot. And I like that. And again, that's why I would champion an episode like this, given a shot. So I have no idea how long it is, but again, I have two tiny, tiny notes that I want to put in the spoiler section so uh oh sorry sorry i got a little overextended there spoilers the name of the ship that kozlov comes on is called the white star that's like that's like the first thing i was like oh my god it's the white star i mean obviously it's not the white star but i have a question for you guys um how many of you think they did that deliberately uh, don't answer in the comments, obviously, because this is a spoiler section. But I'm really, it's, it's, I'm really wondering if they did that deliberately. I couldn't find any information about it. Um, the other thing, and this is definitely a spoiler. <sighs> Walker warns Garibaldi twice in this episode about watching his back and comments how Garibaldi doesn't watch his back. And it's true. Garibaldi has a bad habit of not watching his back. And oh my god, is that going to come back around to bite him? Episode Chrysalis? Or is it Chrysalis? I don't remember which. But you know the one I'm talking about. The one where he quite literally and figuratively gets stabbed in the back. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Like I said, this is probably going to be super short. I don't even know how long it is. I have like half a page of notes here. Anyways, I will see you next time, guys.